and welcome to another episode of The Jasmine Tea. I'm your host, Jasmine, and tonight we will be recapping Bridgerton episode five. I'm coming to you live from the Sidewalk Film Center and Cinema in Birmingham, Alabama, and I have a very special co-host tonight. Her name is Dr. Cara White. Say hello to the people. Hello. <laughs> yes, people. Uh, Kara is very near and dear to my heart. She is my five duck, if you did not know. I'm a woman of Delta Sigma Theta sorority, and I am the eight. She is my five. Very glad to have her here, all the way from the state of Georgia. Kara is yes, a board-certified yes. pharmacist, and she is also the CEO of Innovative Pharmacy Solutions. Mm -hmm. How you doing? I'm great. What about you? I'm doing good. Did you get a margarita? I do have a margarita. It's a okay. secret oh, margarita cup. <laughs> it's like air, air cheers, air toast. Cheers. Okay, cheers. Okay, so let's hop straight into it. You are my first guest. Yes. Ever read the books. When did you read them? After the show. <laughs> After the show, what prompted you to read the books? The show was so good and it, had, it kept my attention. So I was like, wait, it's a book series? Let me read the books. So right now I'm on the second book now. So I've already read um, The Duke and I. Very, very good. Okay. I suggest you. Oh, and I also so, want to take a moment and shout out my in-person guest. So since Kara is joining me virtually, very glad to have Bernie here. He's a whole vibe, you know, he's just watching over my shoulder, making sure we get the facts straight, okay? So Yes, Bernie, get straight. So let's talk about what's been brewing on the internet about Bridgerton episode five. Number one, let's go ahead and give a big shout out. Bridgerton has been renewed for season two. That's what's up. That's what's up. Um, Lady Whistledown and Shonda Rhimes announced that we will be having a season two. And it's going to focus on Daphne's brother, Lord Anthony Bridgerton. So he was like the number one hater or number one cop walker in season one. Like he was not really trying to have Daphne out here in the streets dating these people. And now it's going to be his turn. What do you think about that? Now we'll get to see things from a male perspective. I think it's definitely going to be a lot different for Anthony when he goes out on the scene. Just especially considering like Daphne's number one, he's her little sister. Mm -hmm. And then number two, you know, he has to be protective because his father passed away. So he has to be the man of the house. So he's responsible for bringing her to the scene. But then we have like him, he's been out there. He's, how do we call it? He's been around the block a couple of times, couple if you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's definitely gonna be different for him. And I feel like, too, with him being a male, he has the upper hand in this whole thing. Because the women in the show, they have to, oh, I have to present myself a certain way so a man will find me. Yeah. And he's just like, um, let me see. Up, oh, I don't like her. As if he's buying a car or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, like, which one? Oh, let me see. Um, I don't like her. She doesn't read enough or she doesn't have a nice, mm -mm, she doesn't look like she can. What did um the dude say? Her teeth. Let me see your teeth. Yes, you let know, me see your like teeth. If her teeth are, he said, let me take her. He's not going to how she spins on the dance floor. Yeah, you know, so I feel like it's so much better for men in that sense, especially back in that day, that just for them to find a person was just, oh, they can do that. But for Daphne, it was going it was definitely harder for her. Okay, now I can be wise. Okay, we've already established season one that the Duke is just fine. Okay, Will is just <laughs> all of the things. How do you feel about yes. the Bridgerton brothers, though? Which one do you think is the cutest? If I had to, had to, had to pick, mm -hmm. I would pick Benedict. Like, Colin, he seems too babyish to me. <laughs> Anthony, he's just, Anthony, he's just too serious. Like, yeah. but I understand why he has to be serious. And and with Anthony, he has a lot of responsibility. But uh, Benedict, he's like right in the middle. You know, he's still kind of young, cute and fun. And then he's still old enough to be serious at times. Mm -hmm. So that's why I would go with him. Now, you're right. I do think Benedict has, like, the best mood. I feel like we get along best together. But I was reading, like, a little, another article out here on the Internet since we're talking about what's been brewing. <laughs> and the streets believe that, that Benedict and Eloise are gay. So you might not have a shot at him. 
Colin. He might not have a shot. He might be playing for the other teams, please. But I do. No. I think Colin is but, a little too I mean, hot. He he makes me sit down and wonder what I robbed the cradle. If he was a little bit older, give him like four or five more years for him. Like right now, he's at that stage where guys like they first, you know, they're coming into the scene and they are kind of like feeling themselves just a like little bit, but yet they'll still. The he has no experience whatsoever, so I'm like, mm, do I want to coddle him? No, I'm good. I don't want to do that. You're right. You're right. Now I feel like by the time we get to season three, Colin will probably be. I feel like he'll probably be a more age appropriate option but you're right you're right oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay so oh yeah what's that next up we have the intimacy is growing on bridgerton the the vibes between daphne and simon like basically things are getting spicy people are saying they're watching bridgerton yeah and, you know they're feeling some type of way down there it's spicing up things in people's bedrooms in this episode in particular <laughs> we get to see the um iconic like um, where were they in the art gallery scene where like their hands just lightly lightly graze one another and touch? It's getting yeah, all of it, all of it. It's getting really intimate. Have you been enjoying that uh, part of the show? Yes, you know, <laughs> it's it's definitely the talk. Definitely the talk. Especially at work, people are, oh my gosh, have you seen this? Have you seen this? Yeah. I feel like it's definitely bringing the life back into certain marriages I've seen, you know, people are realizing that, you know, just the art of communication can even spark fire and just, just simple stuff as gracing of the hand when they're sitting there. And I think too, with them, you know, they were trying so hard not to like each other, mm. that that lust and that, that, that mm, just really drawing them more closer together, you know? They were playing with each other too much. You know how when you're young and it's like the person you like to run around and hit them or you steal their snack or something? That's all they were doing. It was really cute. They were bound to fall for one another. They were bound to. So since we're talking I, I, about intimacy here and we've seen their like intimacy grow even though they haven't gotten physically together yet, what are some of your favorite forms of non-physical intimacy? Non-physical intimacy to me would be communication. Like if you can have a communication with, like a conversation with me and actually intrigue my, like keep my attention stimulate because my, of course I, my mind is going to, yes, stimulate my mind. Talk about something like that just really makes me think, you know? Oh my goodness. I then that's, that's, you got my heart then. It's nice, it's nice. <laughs> what is the difference then between intimacy and like lust? How do you how do you kind of tell the difference when I know we may be attracted to each other physically, right? But how can you tell when we have something deeper? I feel like the intimacy part is the closeness and the familiar familiarity. Ooh, I don't know, chop that word up. But just to be familiar with the person, like you're yeah. familiar with them, you know, and y'all close, you know, they're in your space. I feel like lust is more of the just the the sex part like oh i just want to connect with you on a sexual level but what about connecting with me again communication what about just sitting here not doing anything but just enjoying my presence you know can we constantly do nothing together yes or or can we comfortably go to a breakout room and actually break out the room like can we work together that's into together let's break out this room together yeah. like let's not have an argument what clue goes where, you know? I really feel like people miss out on that. They're like, oh, you know, oh no, we, we're we're a match, but mm -hmm. can y'all work together to actually accomplish some you stuff, you know? Me? Can this person be your partner? I know Will and Jada didn't mm. aren't relationship goals anymore, but I did like when Jada said one time that she called Will, um, she didn't say husband, she called, she called him something, but basically he was her partner. And that just signified like we yeah. being together, like we're a team, we're a unit. So I do like that. Not bad marriage. Yeah, it, it has to be. Yeah. It has partnership because if y'all can't work together, trust me, when it comes to finances, when it comes to children, all of y'all got to be on the same page with that. And if that doesn't happen, you know, that's that's doomed to fail. So Daniel Greer gave a comment and said that he likes that we can see, he can see our faces. He must be looking good. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Our I like a wear mask. 
So I'm glad to be mask free in the comforts of my own home. So we're socially distancing. Yes, we are. We're quite socially distanced. There is literally no one in the film center right now. So that is how I'm coming to you. That's why you get to see my face. Any other time I have a guest, it's my priority to protect their health. So we will wear masks. But tonight is a ghost town. So tonight moment from the internet is the friendship between the cast members. So the Bridgerton cast, like, I don't know if you follow them on Instagram or Twitter, but they be kicking it. Like, they friends, friends. you know like oh let's let you know because it's so it's big this is like the number one netflix show of all time mm -hmm. to me you know so they're living off the hype but i don't know i really don't know okay okay now the streets also said a few weeks ago that daphne and simon were dating in real life could you see there being any interactions or other couples between the cast So I have my own viewpoints on that. What you said? Um, I have my own viewpoints on Daphne and Simon. I'm not sure that they're dating in real life. That's, just, that's just my personal opinion. Because no, no, I don't. Um, you know, I, I just don't. I don't. Mm. But um, I don't know. Maybe Eloise and Ben. Actually, I could see them being. So you know. I mean, yeah, no, they do look like they would be a pretty fun Yeah. And then, you know, maybe Anthony and Eloise. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm plugging my phone in so we can charge so we don't die in the middle of my country. Um, but yeah, I do think Eloise and Benedict look like they would be a good couple. They just seem like fun people, period. Um, so I'm down with that. Mm -hmm. Okay. okay. Okay, so now we're going to get into our piping hot moments from episode five. And the first one uh -oh. is when Daphne and Simon had to go to Queen Charlotte in order to beg for their marriage license to be officiated. Um, oh, I got to keep holding it. I'm trying to make it. Because it's going to be in the court. Okay, guys, back in action. Phone is charging. I'm not going to go anywhere. So, Daphne and Simon had to go to Queen Charlotte and ask them and basically get her permission for their marriage license to be officiated so that they could get married. Um, of course, we remember that Queen Charlotte was a little salty because Daphne did not choose her nephew, the prince. Was she? She should be salty. <laughs> Just, okay. I mean, yeah, I can see that. Sorry, gang, but gang. yeah, she's gang gang. Yeah. Um, so what was surprising about this moment though is that simon came out with this whole like speech this whole like proclamation of how much he really cared about daphne and she looked a little surprised i was sitting at home like mm, i don't know if i'm buying it what did you think no i like speech. I, I i really liked the speech it was good it was claps good. off to you especially considering you couldn't speak the first fuck four years of your life, you know, claps off to you. But I just felt like, mm -mm, no, uh-uh, because it, the whole thing, first of all, you didn't even want to marry her anyway, considering, mm -hmm. so, you know, for you to come and get this whole speech, even Daphne was like, what? Yeah. Like, you really, no, so I, I didn't buy it at all. I felt like well, he should have saved it. Thankfully, Queen Charlotte bought it because they were allowed to get married. Um, but I do want to loop back. Even when Daphne like turned the prince down, he was still so nice about it. Like he took it, kept checking. Not that he really had a choice in the matter, but if you look back on your mm -hmm. dating life, your love life, and things, have you ever turned somebody down and gotten a negative reaction? Oh yes, I yes, <laughs> and you know, people threatened like threaten all kind of stuff, and it's just like. It's really not that serious, guys. Like it's it's okay. You, I would rather be upfront with you to say no. I don't think this will work, or no, I don't really want to do this with you, or go this way with you, 
than to actually go that way and then everybody's feelings get hurt at the end you know yeah yeah i understand that um and then from this scene we also got a glimpse of, into the queen's life and her marriage with the king and it was now we've heard them talk about how yeah. the king is sick how he has some problems some mental issues but this is the first time we got to see it how did you feel about that like their relationship because she was her main thing was like y'all found friendship mm -hmm. and i feel like they maybe were friends once especially considering the society and everything they were friends and that's why they got together but you know when he got sick she is just over it she's like you know what no when he was he came back and you know i was like oh okay well he may be back to his normal self because she kept saying like is he okay is he back and they're like no no not really well, it, no i don't want to talk to him so when she thought maybe he back to his normal self she could see she was all excited and you know like oh you know oh I, i'm so happy and then she realized no it's the same thing she's like you know what this is just i can't do this i can't do this so how does it because it's like how does it tie into marriage though like i don't know what vows they said back then but you know nowadays you say for better or worse richer or poor sickness and in health so what if you do get married in some type of unfortunate way your spouse ends up in a state where they may not always be, you know, right there with you sanity-wise. What kind of mm -hmm. weight do you think that might be? Well, one, as a lover, like, to watch oh. how do you love go through that, and then just, like, the stress as a caregiver. Mm -hmm. Caregiver stress is, you know, because I'm in the healthcare field. I see caregiver stress a lot. That is, that is big. And so I feel like something before you go into marriage, you know with that person because this person's not always going to look the same this person's not always going to act the same way this person may not even be able to provide for you financially or you provide for them financially the same way and so y'all have to go in with a game plan of course you can't plan for everything but y'all gotta talk about this stuff this is conversations that should be had because if they aren't i'm telling you you're gonna how hit a wall how do you have this conversation though i want to say what she's kinko to me y'all she's dr white cheese but how do we have that conversation kinko like if we sit down at the table how do i just say hey if you go crazy one day i'm gonna give you about two weeks what does that look like that literally talk say, <laughs> say how you feel that goes back to y'all say hey look i'm sorry i don't know if i'll be able to handle you if you get dementia or you get diabetes and you lose your foot and we can't go skiing or anything like that that's some serious no they need to know what kind of page y'all are on people always try to romanticize love and all of this and marriage but no this is serious this is a partnership like hey i don't know if i can be with you through sickness but if i can then yeah i'm gonna stay with you or but if you decide to be stubborn and you don't want to take your medication i, I got to go i got to go all right ma'am well go ahead and let it out there let it be no now you did touch on how the friend said how the queen said that friendship was the good foundation um for love so let's talk about that a little bit how do you feel about that statement now we kind of touched on it in a previous episode um because violet well mm -hmm. lady violet daphne's mom kind of said the same thing but how important is friendship to you when it comes to love friendship is like i say it has to be up in the 90 percentile when it comes to that because if you can't be friends with a person how are you gonna live every day with a person and of course you know people do need their space but uh -uh, we ain't first of all we have to be friends in order to kick it so if we ain't friends how are we gonna kick it and have a good time if you're gonna be a stick in the mud and i'm like hey let's go dancing and you're like i don't really want to do that i just want to stay in the house that's not gonna work yeah oh, i think mm -hmm. it's important to find somebody that you make sure you click with you know because the mm -hmm. love part like the lovers part i don't feel like that's the constant constantly present everyday factor you know like you may not always be loving up yeah. and rubbing on each other doing your thing but the friendship aspect of it like we talked about before like you might just be sitting on the couch kicking it or you going out doing something fun together and i think having that comfortable vibe with each other that comes through friendship definitely can lay a different yes. for something else to grow. You're right, you're right. Yes, y'all ain't running around like rabbits all the time. <laughs> you know, it's gonna be some dull moments. I've got to learn how to be friends and be friendly because sometimes, you know, hey, this other person may be at work or they may have a lot to do. 
and the friendliness part comes in will say hey let me help you do some of this stuff you got to do like yeah. i know you you got to go you got to work like 80 shifts this week or something you know let me go take your car and get some gas that's friendship like that's me being there to help you out you right okay so our piping hot moment number two lady featherington and her girls get to the dress shop and they are met with a block because they cannot afford new dresses now from the last episode revealed that um lord featherington has been mismanaging their finances he's been gambling away all of their money and finally it's come to the light lady featherington knows what's up but a new ball is right around the corner you know it's just ball season they go to the dress shop, try to get some dresses. It's a no. How embarrassing. What did Very. You think about First of all, those dresses are too. Let's just put that out there. The dresses are embarrassing. Oh, okay. Carry on. <laughs> Uh-oh, you're freezing. Oh, no. Oh, I can hear you now keep talking okay cool All right. so the dresses are embarrassing number one that's mm -hmm. whatever anyways so that is like that is messed up that he didn't even think to talk about his wife or even think to bring his wife in to say hey look i'm having financial troubles i feel like in a marriage both of y'all need to be on the same page when it comes to finances because if we do some like simple google search we see that a lot of marriages end because of money issues of finance and he didn't went and just gambled all the money away and now the daughter's yeah you're right it is messed up and i think that trickle down on your family and it doesn't seem like he was really thinking about that uh-oh hello hello Look at Facebook. Don't want us to be great today because we're feeling Facebook the tea. Is being yeah, the tea. Facebook is being. Oh my goodness. Okay. Facebook we'll is really We'll just keep it pushing. We were talking about Lady Featherington not being able to afford those dresses. So I said it was embarrassing because she clearly had no idea about what was going on in their finances, and. I just don't feel like that's how it should be in a marriage. So talk a little bit about how you think finances should be married as this partner unit team that we've been talking about. Yeah, me personally, I'm a planner. I like to put everything out on a spreadsheet kind of thing. Everything that comes in the house, I need to know what's accounted for. Agreed. So first of all, Lady Feather Trade, I mean, I know it was a different time back then, but no. What are, you, what are you bringing home from job A, B, C, and D? And this is what I'm bringing home from job A, B, C, and D. Put it all on a spreadsheet. This is going to house fund, vacation fund, savings fund, stock fund. Everything is accounted for. There is no pennies left unturned. And that's how I feel like it should be. Both of y'all need to be on the same page about it. Because when I tell you when something comes up missing or something come up short or a goal hadn't been met, that's a problem. I agree. Um... I was just sitting there like, my God, I mean, you're right, it was a different time, but I was just sitting there like, my God, how did she have no idea that, like, no, all, of your money, all of your money is gone since you got, don't you have, like, three kids, like? Yes, all, and three daughters at that, mm -hmm. that she out, first of all, she got to marry them all, and mm -hmm. then she got Marina, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You got all these children, you're completely unprepared, I thought that was just terrible. Now, on the flip side, though, okay, on the flip side, Lloyd Featherington felt like he was just being the man of the house. Like, he didn't have to tell her. He was just providing, you know, he was just doing what a man was supposed to do. Even after he started noticing, like, hey, I'm losing all these gambling debts and we're going downhill, at what point do you think he should have brought his wife in or should have said something? Or does he kind of get a, get a pass since he was trying to be the man of the house, you know? no pass no pass is given but i will say i want to call lady feathering to to the carpet on this one because she knew he was a gambler before she got with him it ain't no secret you know come on now he just start gambling she should have known that so she knew what she was getting into before you know before they even had kids she should have known that so i do believe that's her fault i had um one of my friends i can't remember who it was 
Um, but one of my friends said that a man shows you who he is from the very start. Like when you go on a first date with a man, if he's sitting at the table and he's telling you, I like video games and chicken wings, sis, he like video games and chicken wings, okay? We women tend to come, like we'll come to the date dressed up, glammed up, you know, we'll try to like eat cute a little bit or, you know, walk in our heels longer than our feet might want us to. You know, we kind of try to put on our best. The man going to show up as his regular, degular self. Don't regular. try to think anything Oh. So you're right. I definitely mm -hmm. believe that Lord Featherington was probably a piss poor gambler when they were dating, if they even dated, but when yes. she met him and that just carried over into mm -hmm. her marriage. So she should have been suspect. She should have like not trusted him as much with these finances because she probably knew about him in the past. You're right. That's a really good point. But I will say, I will say that men, it, sometimes they may have a mask on. I feel like personally, it takes a year before you actually get to see the real person. Ooh, That's just my opinion. Year, 365 uh, days? People try to be, they try to be like, oh, you know, oh, I'm going to be well put together. And especially if you go do like long distance kind of things. So then it means they only have to be themselves for like those the weekend that you're there or that, that certain time. But I think a year, a I year, because people can play a game. I'm, I'm not giving you a year. If we, I... <laughs> Let me tell you, you got three smooth months, about 90 days for me. Three months. three months. I feel if I don't know you well enough to like trust you or feel like I know the real you after three months, to the left, to the left. What are we doing here? That's a waste of time. Okay. But I do believe in letting your relationship with people go through seasons. You know, like in the beginning, everything mm -hmm. can be all good and fun and popping. You know, we just having fun together. That may be those three months. That can maybe be the time where I just established, okay, I like you for real. Now, after that, though, I yeah. do believe we should be together long enough for me to see you mad. I like to see you sad, stressed out. You know, what happens if something bad yes. happens? How do you handle those situations? So I do believe you should give mm -hmm. your relationship some time to go through some seasons, you know, before you kind of dive into marriage or settle, make things super serious. Yeah. You better tell them, girl. You better and so as we talk about things getting pretty serious, also from this um, embarrassing dress moment, we remember that Colin and Marina are getting pretty close. You know, our good sis mm -hmm. Marina is pregnant. She's trying to find a nice baby daddy. Colin's looking like the perfect snack, and they're growing closer. Um, and Penelope is pressed and stressed about it, okay? She tried to oh, talk to Marina. Marina is like, sis, I'm trying to handle some things get out of here with that um how do you feel about the situation penelope is trying to fight for the name of her friend you know we know she likes colin colin clearly has no idea but how do you feel about it should penelope just mind her business is marina doing the right thing i mean she's we just talked about how lady featherington featherington should have been providing for her daughters marina has a baby she's trying to provide for too what's what's up okay number one Penelope need to tell Marina, what's up? First of all, if that's your cousin, your friend, your homegirl, you need to let your homegirl know what's going on. Because if y'all both interested in the same people, that's not going to work. That's number one. Marina, I, I, mean, I get it. I get the hustle, girlfriend. You know, I, you a hustle girl. I get it. But that's real shout out. And as, you know, Penelope, yeah, that's your friend. You know, but she's not doing it on the state like to save her friends she's doing it because that's what she wants that's like that's her meal ticket you know even though i know she's not looking at it as a meal ticket but like that's what her meal ticket is so she's like no nah, you over here stepping on my boundary but you know Marina is really out of she out of out of step with that one. like if you want to take care of your child you better go over there and get that old man with the messed up teeth girl because you can't can't ruin somebody else out of your first of all your i don't want to call it a mistake because she was you know in love and stuff but like don't try to bring somebody else down and into your mess because you don't know how to control yourself yeah yeah i get in with that our last point on this penelope and her drama topic um penelope and eloise still aren't talking like in the previous episode Eloise has been on the hunt for Lady Whistledown. That's her, like, primary focus, full speed ahead, who is Lady Whistledown. 
Penelope really ain't trying to hear that because her boo Colin is quickly slipping from her grasp, you know? But because of that, mm -hmm. they're not talking. Eloise, well, Penelope was basically like, get out of here with that mess. She kind of snapped at Eloise in the last episode. How do you feel about their friendship? I really, I really like the two of them together. I think they have a really nice little friendship. But who do you think is like overreacting in this situation? I feel like it's a lot of aspects going on with this situation. I, I look at Penelope. Penelope, right? She is, you know, her sisters are out in the season. You know, now she's out and nobody has had any prospects. And so she's just like, well, little old me, you know, I, this is the only guy I'm really, really liking. So, I, you know, this is, this is my one chance. Yeah. Eloise, on the other hand, like, her sister is out. Her sister has been named, like, the diamond, the crown jewel of the season. So that basically set Eloisa up for the alley-oop when it came for her time. So Eloisa is <laughs> not going to have any problems, you know, fighting the man. Eloisa ain't got to wear them loud yellow dresses, you know? You so know. I feel like, like, she's set up. And so, but Eloisa doesn't want it. So that goes to the thing with, like, you have somebody that always, they already have it, and they're like, I don't really want it. And then somebody who doesn't, like Penelope, is like, no, I, I really, really want it. So Eloise is trying to avoid it by going on this, this wild goose chase for Lady Whistledown, you know? And yeah. she's just missing all the right clues. Oh, the <laughs> queen has called me to help me, tell me to, like, look, help her look. So, look, I'm helping her. I mean, this is, even her mom's like, girl, you need to be worried about your coming out season because, you know, your sister Daphne is basically setting this up, doing the alley, like, she said, yeah, up for you, girl, so, you know, yes, but now you yeah. can get a prince, and Eloise's like, I don't really, I don't really even like people like that, you know, I just like to read and be in my own little world, and, mm-mm. You're right. I that's a good point. They are they they're having two different problems, and those problems are just kind of like getting mm -hmm. heads right now, not really meshing together. So our third piping hot moment from Bridgerton episode five is a whole discussion about Simon's pullout game. Okay, he and Daphne are married now. Um, we saw them <laughs> last episode. It was a battle to the death. They were about to duel over her honor. Now they're married, you know, get to enjoy married people things. But we know that Simon's not trying to have no children. So let's talk mm -hmm. about that. He has entered this marriage on a full-fledged lie. Lie! How mad would you be? Daphne has no idea. Daphne has no idea. We do see her finally confront her mom about her lack of preparation. But Simon has still entered this marriage on a full-fledged life. Let's talk about it. First of all, thank you, Simon, for teaching me the difference between cannot and will not. I will okay. say that, like, over and over and over and over. That is a huge difference. Poor little Daphne. She is just going into the situation oblivious to everything that's going on. Like, she's just like, well, you know, oh, it's the Duke and the Duke and the Duke. Like, girl. She going in feeling sorry for him. Yeah. No, Simon does not need anybody's pity. Simon needs to go resolve his daddy issues. That's what he needs to go do. And he needs to go to therapy and counseling. But I don't even know if they had that back then. But I highly suggest if you have issues with your mama issues, your daddy issues, please take this time. My professional advice is to go to counseling. So you're not <laughs> like Simon. I agree. I agree. Now, we also see Daphne saying that she just felt wonderful. After their first time being together, she like fell back on the bed and had this lovely, like her cheeks look flushed and everything, you know, as someone who has also read the book, you know, how real, how realistic you thinking this? Are they selling the dream? Because I can think back to some of my experiences and, you know, when really the same is what looked like happened with this Daphne. I think, I think. <laughs> with them it was a lot of build-up it was a lot of because even they were just oh my gosh over just their hand touching and again we have to think about that was a different day and age now you know we'll go out on dates together we don't have to have a dance card where people can check or if we have a gentleman caller we all have to sit in the room with the whole family everybody's in there watching sometimes we can just like oh you want to go meet up for starbucks and we don't have to have a chaperone and i think we take that for granted 
now because back in the day you know they they did they didn't have access to that and so with them having it been like their first time alone together for real you know and now they don't have a adult supervision and it's okay for them to be alone that really heightened the moment and i feel like that's where she got the oh it's just wonderful yeah you know that's a good point. Yeah. it wasn't really it wasn't really big big build up they were in this wasn't they some like cute little cabin you know it was a mood and everything it, it, it was yeah it was going crackling and they were already frustrated with each other <laughs> and he'd already you know then sparked her interest kind of thing you know so <laughs> Daphne. okay so we talked about you know simon came into this marriage on a whole lie and they got here because mm -hmm. he told them you know you clearly developed this friendship lying to Daphne clearly is mm -hmm. not friendly at all you know so mm -hmm. how do we like how do we process this like understanding his whole issues with his daddy you know, how does that really realistically aim up to what he did? In his mind, they like cancel it out. I did this because of my daddy issues. I think it's nonsense. How how do you feel about this situation? I feel like number one, you're no, you can't bring me again, bringing me into your drama. Please do not. You he just because your dad was a certain way doesn't mean you have to be a certain way. And you know, we, with him, it's just, he really needs to resolve him, daddy. I, that, that just irritates me to the core. Yeah. Mm -mm. No, I'm not giving him a pass. I'm sorry. I can't give him a pass. Yeah, he cute and all, but I can't give him a pass. That's not going to work for me. Yeah, I don't think, I don't appreciate how, his, how inconsiderate he is of how much his life impacts his partner. He clearly mm -hmm. Yes anyone other than himself exactly and then that's what the thing is like yeah you're you're doing this to spite your dad but at the same time you're hurting yourself it's basically like cutting your arm off or cutting your face off to say your arm however that little statement go how does that statement go cut your face off to cut your nose off about your face okay yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> i totally agree so information simon needed therapy we don't know if they were mm -hmm. around but to anybody that may be watching, who may be dealing with a similar situation, therapy, betterhelp.com, therapy, therapy it for black girl, it Google, you know, find you somebody. Now we will hit on over. And now with <laughs> telemedicine, with COVID, you all virtual from the comfort you of your home. I Nobody even has to know. I go to therapy from my couch. So you're absolutely right. Shout out to telehealth, teletherapy has been coming through to save the day in the midst of this pandemic. Yes. Okay, now it's time for games and guesses. Let's have some fun. Okay, so in Yay! honor of Anthony Bridgerton being our star next season and, you know, taking the lead in the marrying market, tell which one of these famous brothers would you keep and which one would you send back on out to the streets, okay? Number one, we kind of already answered this one, Anthony versus Colin Bridgerton. I know. Mm, I just send both of them. I'm really feeling either one of them. I, I, just send both of them. I, I can't. Okay. Mm -mm. All right. They both going back to the streets. Next, we got Omarion and his little brother, Orion. Which one you keeping? I think I'll do I'm gonna keep Orion. I feel like you know he's he's not too out there. I mean he's out there, but he's not like all out in the block. So I'm gonna keep yeah. Orion. Omarion, he yeah, too many people know Omarion. So mm mm back yeah, to the street. I've never really see Orion when he's with Omarion. Like I don't know what he be doing all the other times. Like, see? Him. Yeah, yeah. Next, Liam or Chris Hemsworth. Hmm, I say Chris. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Next, we have Marlon or Shane Wayans. I mean, not Shane, but Marlon or Sean Wayans. They're famous. <laughs> okay. Brothers, this, this my personal opinion. I just want to keep both of them for homeboys, though. Like, I feel like go out homeboys. Uh-uh. This, we are not yes. pick a friend. 
who you keep it and who for the street. Mm, no friends over here. <laughs> Can we not have friends? Okay. Uh you keep wrong for friends. Okay, I'll pick Marlon. Okay. Done. Back to the streets. I mean, we're not coming to your house tonight, good lord. Lastly, we still. have. <laughs> Lastly, we have Prince William or Prince Harry. Who you keeping? Who for the streets? I'm gonna keep Harry. Harry. Okay. I think that's your choice. You, you know, know, I was I was looking for pictures of William and Harry. I cannot find one picture of William with a full head of hair. It was. That's what I, oh my gosh, this little patch here is yeah. gone. And you know, I think about kids, they don't have no hair, and you know, mm -mm. it looked like he but, started going all young, too. Yes, and, and he's just so serious. I mean, he doesn't smile, he doesn't have fun. You know, I'm just like, come on, like, live a little. I understand you got to worry about the crown and the throne and all of that eventually, but still, you're young, have fun now. Uh -huh. He reminds us of Anthony Bridgerton. That is very different. On all that responsibility. Aha. Yes. We'll see Anthony go a little ball by the end of the series. Who knows? I know. <laughs> Hopefully, dog on sideburns. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yes, they are so long and thick. My God. They look like <laughs> cracks on the side of his face. You are oh, just like, right. Can we beat it up? Can we yeah. It? Yeah. I don't want to nuzzle up against that. Mm-mm. Okay, now for our guesses. So we see that things aren't going so well between Anthony and his true love, Sienna, you know, Miss Opera Singer. That's Bay. But Bay is not, you know, in the high privileged society with him. So it's not mm -hmm. out between them. But season two is coming up and he'll have an opportunity to pick who he wants, allegedly. Do you think, you know, they'll get back together or is it still not really going to work out? No, I feel like she is to the point where she is, she's getting to the point she's through with him. You know, she's tired of being the woman in the shadows kind of thing. And so she's finally coming out on her own and she's going to realize like, um, you know, because I feel like all women do that, you know, like, you know what? No, you with the games. I'm tired of playing your games. I'm tired of going around and around with you. So, no, I'm done with you. I feel like him, honestly, I feel like he's going to pick somebody that's completely different from all the women he's ever been with. I feel like it's going to be completely off the spectrum from him. Everybody's going to be like, what? Do you think yeah. her? Yeah. So. I do feel like he's going to get to choose for mini pickings. Okay, next. Mm -hmm. Do you think that the Featherington girls are going to find a match? You know, their daddy came in with his debts and definitely cop-blocked them this season. Um, but what do you think? you think they got another shot? Somebody's going to come back around? I feel like there's love for everybody. Every it's a match for everybody. In the I really do. However, okay. I don't think they can find it no time soon with them yellow dresses. I'm sorry, she got to change some yellow dresses. Somebody called like a fashion consult for her because those yellow dresses are horrible. So until she changes mm -hmm. some yellow dresses, no, they're not gonna find anybody. Yeah, and that the dresses have like all the flowers on them too. Like it's yeah, not this the color. Yellow is so loud in itself. Yeah. Like yellow, if you're gonna yellow, be calm yellow, but I don't need flowers and then you got everything all pushed up and it, mm -mm. Yeah. no. I've been thinking that too. Now that's another thing I thought because they're all these women are supposed to be like real, you know, like ladylike and demure. However, <laughs> Them titties be sitting like they be yeah, high and open, and all them dresses, oh like girl, tempting for somebody who ain't even supposed to be holding hands. Exactly. Yeah. But I guess you know. Again, saying they're trying to see the whole package. How do you spin on the floor? How do your teeth look? What do your breasts look like? People want to know too much. You know, these guys want to know too much about these women, but they can't touch. It's like they look, but they can't touch. So they have to leave something to the imagination. But you putting it all out there to me, and I'm like, uh-uh, girlfriend, no. Yeah. In the yellow dress, everybody else in, like, nice, calm, soft, calming colors, and then you yeah. bust in with a yellow dress. Yeah, the bridges is they loud. Yeah, not blue. They, be, they be coming in that blue. They be lit. Okay. Exactly. Lastly, who did you 
think was Lady Whistledown. At this point in the series, did you already pretty much know who it was? Did you have an idea? I can say by the end, I didn't really, I, I was shook by the end. They, they got me. I didn't think it, Lady Whistledown was who it is. But what did you think at this point? What? thinking lady dandry i was like okay she's there you know she's the she's the person in the background that's really not getting a, pay, a lot of attention mm -hmm. you know she's just real smooth with it she can maneuver in and out of rooms and so that's what i was going with but then i was like hmm, dog it's not her so okay all right you know so we we have to think about who's going in and out of these rooms that's <laughs> not getting noticed Right, who is always around but not in the spotlight? <laughs> not in the spotlight. They may get noticed, but they're not in the spotlight. Spotlight. Okay, guys, thank <laughs> you so much for tuning in. Be sure to send all of your questions, comments, and observations to bjasmineTPC at gmail.com. Right now, Kara and I are about to log off and do an exclusive bonus interview that you will get to see later. But in the meantime, in between time, like, share, and comment on this video. Send it to all of your friends, and I will be right back here next Thursday at 7 p.m. ready to break down Bridgerton episode six for you. Kara, you just hold on one moment. We will reconnect again soon. Hello and welcome to the Jasmine Tea exclusive bonus interview with Miss Cara White. We recently finished recapping Bridgerton episode five, and now I'm going to give you guys a little more information about the wonderful lady you see with me. Say hello to the people, Cara. Oh, beautiful people out there in internet land. Hello. <laughs> so, in case for some reason you haven't watched our podcast yet, go ahead and do that. But you should already know that Kara is a board-certified pharmacist, and she is also the CEO of Innovative Pharmacy Solutions. So yes. we're going to delve in a little more into what her life is like, you know, when she's not watching Bridgerton, <laughs> and see how you guys can benefit from her work. So you've been working this entire pandemic as an essential worker. Like, how tired are you? What's it been like? Clue us in. So what I do is I'm a labor and delivery and a neonatal intensive care unit farm and so we have been just taking care of babies especially mom and babies even moms with COVID, we've been really hands-on with them and to be able to be an essential worker during this time is it's life-changing number one because of course you're there at the birth like you're oh it's life in the world but then like everybody has a mask and you know mom can't really at first it was like we didn't know if she could breastfeed or not and so we had to do research on that but it's definitely been keeping me busy, and especially with the vaccine rollout now, we're trying to get everybody in Georgia vaccinated. It's been definitely sometimes stressful, but it's been rewarding to especially see your patients recover from COVID. And then once they recover and they're like, oh, they have a beautiful baby to welcome. It just warms my heart. It really does. It's such a beautiful thing, um, but definitely um one of the things that we do at the hospital I'm, i sit on the board for self-care for healthcare because i'm a very positive person and so we of course it's the pandemic and we were we established this board honestly before the pandemic happened because we had seen a lot of healthcare burnout because people would just go to work and come home and sometimes we work long shifts and you know they didn't have a chance to release and so with our committee we set up different ways for them to to let go and unwind even if it's at the hospital like having maybe chick-fil-a brought in or starbucks brought in just to surprise them and make their day or creating a what we call a zen where it's like a waterfall in the okay. background and just some calm lighting for your like your 15 minute break you know nurses get stressed out and just having them to be able to go in there and just relax yeah. that you know it's it's good though it's good it's a blessing to have a job during the pandemic trust me it is Amen. i agree um so how do the delivery rooms and things look differently like i i've seen some mamas on social media and friends you know babies are still being born mm -hmm. how many people are they able to bring in or like what has the mood kind of been like you know mm -hmm. is happy time are they scared you know how do you guys or your team rather kind of cater to that 
Yeah, so before the pandemic, it was everybody, you know, bring your whole family in. Our labor and delivery rooms are so beautiful. Just a, a shameless plug. We have like the jacuzzi tubs in there. <laughs> the brand new hospital, guys. But, um, you know, coming back and now with the pandemic, it's only mom and, and their one support person, whether it be dad or grandma or best friend, that's it. So it's not like, oh, your dad, the dad can come in today and the mom can come in later on and then the, and the cousin can come in. No, it's only one support person. That's it. Um, you know, at one time we had to completely shut down all visitors. And so it was basically FaceTime. So, wow. Yeah. But that didn't last long because you know, people want to be this is a big big deal and so we opened up visitation again and it was one thing where it was a doctor from um and this is on the it's on our our hospital social media but it was a doctor that came from new york and she drove down her and her husband because new york hospitals weren't letting their support person come in with them and she wanted wow. her husband to be there first and so oh. she came down to georgia just to have her baby here you know, she wanted her husband to be here because you got to think about it. This is a big, big time for a family. Yeah. And I think that was their first child too. It was a big time for a family to welcome in their, you know, new baby. And so you want people, especially this is, if it's your first baby, you don't really know what's about to happen. You want somebody there that's been with you this whole time to help hold your hand and encourage you. Definitely. Definitely. So what's that attracted you to the field of pharmacy? So pharmacy, it it was what attracted me to pharmacy was just the flexibility to have number one a work life balance because I love to be social, hang out with friends, but I also I'm a little nerdy at times, and so it allowed me to be a scientist, and then also be like, oh sure, Miss Mary, I'll tell you about your water pill, you know, <laughs> all country town, and two looking at the patients in our in my um, in my town, you know, we didn't have like our pharmacy, we had pharmacy town, but just to be able to be somebody that looks like me, to be that person behind the counter, to be able to counsel patients that look like me to say, hey, you know, this is this medication and this is why you should take this medication. And, you know, if you're experiencing this side effect, you need to call your doctor because I feel like in the minority community, we don't really take medication that way where we're in healthcare and we don't have access to healthcare. But being a, a black person in healthcare, I feel like I can better connect with our community by talking to them and, you know, being able to relate because sometimes, you know, Miss Mary won't take the water pill because she said, Oh baby, it made me go to the bathroom <laughs> all the time of night. Well Miss Mary, have you tried taking it in the morning time? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, I, nobody ever told me, baby. And <laughs> different stuff like that. Just taking time out and knowing how to just communicate. That's a big thing. And But I love pharmacy. Pharmacy gives me so many different avenues, whether it's working in the hospital with mommies and babies, whether it's working out in the community, pushing these COVID vaccines, or whether it's out educating the community and creating healthcare providers. That's what I do. And pharmacy allows me to do that. I had a chance to work at Eli Lilly and I was able to work for the research and development oh, wow. and just to see how drugs are being developed in the in the process it goes through and then have to go through FDA like all of this. It's so so rewarding to me. And I, I can't like I am so thankful that I went to pharmacy. Anybody interested in pharmacy, please reach out. I can definitely walk you through that. Wonderful. And as you're talking about reaching out and helping people, that kind of segues right on into my next question. You've taken your passion beyond just like your day job mm -hmm. and gone on and founded your own business. So tell us about Innovative Pharmacy Solution. What is it? Why did you create it? How can people get involved? So Innovative Pharmacy Solution was created to innovate the next generation of minority healthcare providers to serve in underserved communities because, you know, rural and underserved communities don't have access to healthcare. And that's my main thing is access to healthcare and then access to healthcare that looks like. And so with Innovative Pharmacy Solution, we have a technician training program because people want to be pharmacy technicians. Well, they don't know how to start it. Maybe they want to become a pharmacist and they don't know how to start so what our program does is we go to local high schools and we mentor 
students in high school they sign up for our program and so once they finish this program they become certified pharmacy technicians so if they're graduating and going to college hey you're already a certified pharmacy technician so while you're in school this is putting money in your money yeah and if you want to school, yeah. you gotta leg up because now you know brand generics and you kind of know how maybe a hospital pharmacy works or a retail pharmacy works and then so after you finish the program say you do want to go to pharmacy school we can mentor you and process by helping you study for your PCAT, which is a pharmacy admissions exam, and then helping you interview for pharmacy school, because of course you have to go through this interview process and just making sure that you interview correctly. And even for um, students that are in pharmacy school, when they get ready to graduate, how do you interview for a job? What does your CV look like? What if you're deciding to go to residency or pharmaceutical industry, how can we connect you to these people like the decision makers that you need to talk to? And how do you even have a conversation with them to get your foot in the door? This sounds like you're bridging a lot of well-needed gaps. Yes, yes, yes. Because again, like I said, serving the underserved community. I, I'm from an underserved community. I understand how it was, how to how to get through the mud. I'm telling you, by God, I was able to make it through. And <laughs> I'm trying to help you. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's all about. Each one, teach one. That's yes. Definitely the so how, what has been what is challenging about working in the field of pharmacy you know, we've heard how much you love it is there anything that challenges you a bit yes the field of pharmacy is ever changing like it changes so much and um just the challenge is to make sure you keep up with all the information like yeah this is great like oh the, the vaccine is out but of course you get questions about the vaccine of course all of this is new and just making sure you stay up on your information Eat while you're working this job, working that job, because every no matter where you go, you're going to be the pharmacist. You're going to be the drug expert is what like the physicians say. Oh, this is a drug expert. So we have questions. We, we need to go to her. So just making sure you stay up to date with your knowledge, knowing what resources to use and just taking advantage of all of that. Yeah, definitely. You don't want to be giving somebody expired information. No. Something that is not correct. And bravo to that. Kudos to you because it is kind of hard to think about. Like you said, like I'm working this job and then I got to come home and kind of like make sure I study, you know, to stay <laughs> up to date, you know. Girl, yeah, probably. <laughs> so you talked about being from a, smart, from a small town. You know, as our viewers know, we are in the South. I'm in Alabama. Cars currently in Georgia. So as a Southerner, you know, here, you know, we have a lot of traditions, you know, a traditional mindset, and particularly for women, you know, of a certain age, now that I've hit the lovely 30s and things, um, have you ever felt any societal pressure? Like we just finished recapping Bridgerton, talking mm -hmm. about Daphne and Anthony and their marital, married markets, kind of shift into the personal a little bit. Have you ever felt any pressure from society to like go ahead and have a ring on it? Like you clearly successful in your career, you know, it's like check. Is there any pressure to get your other marital or relationship box checked as well? I, I get pressure a lot from different as like from different people, especially family members are like, oh, you know, so when are you going to meet somebody and or or bring us home somebody or what about great kids? And I'm like, <laughs> you know, guys, um, how about a puppy? Can we start with a puppy? You know, I told my I parents they have a grand cat. Yes, yes, let's do, you know, I don't really like cats like that. I'm sorry, them things are too it's sneaky. Okay. But you know, I got a grand dog, you know? Mm -hmm. so, like, how about a goldfish? Because, you know, you don't really have to worry about that. Because, like, again, when I travel for work, I'm like out the door because I'm licensed in Alabama and Georgia. So if it's a pharmacy that needs me in Alabama, I got to pack up and go. And so, what am I doing with the, the baby? Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not at that point right now where I'm ready for kids. You, you, like, I love kids. Trust me, I do. I get to hold the babies every day at work. Mm -hmm. But just not right now. And and I had to explain to my family, like, y'all, no, it's more to life than getting married and having kids. It's about building a legacy so that way when I do have kids, I can have get something to them. And then they don't have to worry about student loan debt or, or yeah. you know, no, it, it'll be a nice, comfortable life. So right now, I'm legacy building. Yeah, I agree. Honestly, right now, um, I have a cat, and I can't say I'm going out of town tomorrow, and I definitely had to make sure that I had somebody 
to come and check on him, make sure he got ate and fed and stuff. And at one point, I was like, Ugh, you know, like this is this is a lot of you know it's responsibility. But you know, I love him, so okay, I got him now. I got to keep him. <laughs> um, but I can say in the same mindset, like it's just not. Although I do feel like the pressure, like you know, when I meet people mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, you know, where your husband or where your boyfriend or you're mm-hmm. by yourself. Like sometimes I go eat. Well, pre-pandemic. I used to go eat by myself or to the movies by myself or something and people would always ask like where's my date or where's my person and i'm kind of like hey you know i just need to come out tonight and have some fun exactly like, a little mental break like um, I, I, I feel like, like like you know yeah, I feel like those things, all the time it's like sometimes we want to sit by ourselves and just yeah. be <laughs> those things will come i truly believe that nothing in my life has missed me yet mm-hmm. relationship i'm supposed to have whether that's platonic with my line sisters or my friends, whether it's professional with finding people to help me create the show or people to let me have be here and have a venue. Nothing in life has missed me yet. So when yeah. the time comes for me to be somebody wife or mama, I'm gonna be that. And if it doesn't come, if that's not something that's in my life for me, I'ma still be fine and fly. So Yes, fine and fly. I love it. I love it. So what advice would you give to Anthony Bridgerton as he enters the marrying market here? in regards to like letting go of the past you know we've seen he things didn't work out so well between him and his love interest sienna how does he kind of let go of that enough to be open to these new experiences i feel like anthony somebody needs to tell him to number one you don't have to be your daddy yeah you're you're the new viscount but you don't have to be your daddy i'm sorry you have your own life and i feel even people just in general you don't have to be your parents you have your own life live your life live the race that was given to you and that's my advice to him stop trying to worry about what society feels that you should do and because i do see him as oh well society tells me i should do this and uh, i'm tired of being a rake so i'm gonna do this so but i feel like no no anthony do was what you like lean toward what you really really want and if that's the, the, the opera singer if that's who you want go for that forget what society thinks because at the end of the day society is not in that marriage society not in that relationship all society can do is talk but they're not paying no bills they are not oh. feeding or anything like that for you if you know what i mean mm-hmm. Now that makes me think of this. Now this is uh, another question that I thought of as you were speaking. Yesterday I saw this post on Instagram um, that asked uh, women if they would date a guy that made uh, what was it like forty? It said the average black man makes forty-two thousand dollars a year, and it was a poll, and it was asking women if they would date a man that made that much that type of money. Now I won't ask if you would date somebody that makes that specific amount. But when it comes to like, you know, as we were just talking about Anthony, he should go after dating someone who's not on the same, you know, class level as him. When it comes to like us professional women here, as we just said, we established in our careers, fine and fly and popping. Mm-hmm. How does like income level play a role? What factor does it play in your mind? You know, because when you meet somebody, it's not like they got a sign over their head to say, I make this amount of money. Mm-hmm. You know, they can tell you where they work or what they do, but you don't really know. So mm-hmm. how do you feel about being in dating someone or potentially marrying someone who doesn't make as much as you? Like how how do you feel about that? Or what do does it matter? I feel like it does. But um I feel like it it more more goes to the line where you don't want to you want to know what they make but of course that's not going to be the first conversation i feel like that'll be right before the engagement when y'all start talking about finances because even with me and the guys i may date i don't bring up like how much i make or my different hustles i don't want to say hustles but my different avenues that i parlay in that's not income streams yeah my different that's none of their business because they're not committed to me and i'm not committed to them on a financial aspect so I don't even talk about that but as far as like say if they didn't make as much as me i think it would go with how can we um how can we reach our financial goals whatever that may be whether that may be say ownership or uh vacation property or rental properties you know if they're not on the same page on that then that wouldn't work but i mean i feel like because it's all gonna go in one pot so if he makes 
40 and I make whatever, it's still in one pot and we're pulling from this one pot. Now, you know, if you, you put enough in the pot, then okay, cool. We got a big pot to work from. But again, it's just one pot. So yeah, I think that's that's the uh what is it? What am I trying to the summation of your answer there? You view your marital finances or your relationship finances as one pot. Mm -hmm. Um and that may be different for some people. You gotta find whatever works best for you and your boo. Mm -hmm. Um but thank you for your insight on your insight on that. I like I enjoyed that. Okay, viewers. I'm not married, but that's just my idea of what yeah. I I mean, yeah, because when you, as you said, if you guys are heading towards engagement, when you have mm -hmm. that conversation, it's good to know how you feel. You know, mm -hmm. you won't be swayed and going like, oh, sweetie, I'll just do whatever you want to do. No, mm -hmm. how, do you, how do you really feel? We ain't trying to be like Lady Featherington out here. Exactly. Ain't no Lady Featherington Feather over here. Like, no. <laughs> uh -uh. Um, Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for listening to this exclusive bonus interview with Cara White. Make sure that you're watching us every Thursday on Facebook Live at 7. Follow us on YouTube at DJasmineT. And you can see all of her social media handles and links to innovation, innovative pharmacy solutions in the description box as well. Bye, Cara. Bye. Good time <laughs> with you.